welcome to the Wine or Milk podcast, where we conclude our Halloween week. This is our our final Halloween episode of the season. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the last Halloween movie from our childhood that we're going to rewatch and review and determine if it aged like a fine wine or like a sour milk. <laughs> or or should I say like a chocolate piece of Halloween candy or a sour warhead because they're gross. And sour warheads age perfectly fine. They probably actually never go bad. I feel like warheads are one of those things that can live on a shelf forever. Yeah, they're just crystallized sugar with citric acid. Yeah. Anywho, our final movie is going to be Hocus Pocus, my all-time favorite Halloween movie. All-time. Yeah. I don't know if I agree it's my favorite Halloween movie, but it's definitely like my favorite of this genre of Halloween movies, I think. It's like the OG, too. What do you have against Halloween movies? I don't have anything against Halloween movies. I'm saying I just, I don't know it's my favorite. Like, there's other Halloween movies, like the movie Halloween. Yeah. Is that copyrighted? Probably. Probably. But, you know, I don't know if I can say it's the best Halloween movie, but I really like it. For this type of Halloween movie, I like it a lot. It's a cult classic. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, it is a cult classic, and I'm in that cult. (laughs) I'm I'm in it. (laughs) You're in it to win it. I know from personal experience that this is a cult classic. I know. And because of that, I mean, what better movie for us to round out Halloween week yeah. with than Hocus Pocus? Like how there was no world in which we didn't watch this film. Yeah. So asking myself what I remember wouldn't be fair because I have seen this movie probably two or three years ago. And also, we I- We watched it last year. I don't think we watched it last year. I think we watched it the year before. Oh. But I know we watched it recently. I could tell you the pro- pretty much the whole plot right now if you wanted I me know. to. I feel like we could just jump into <laughs> the synopsis right now without without seeing it. So so since you don't love it as much as I do, and you probably haven't seen it as much as me, mm-hmm. like what do you remember about the plot? Yeah, and I'll I'll try to be really brief. But what I remember is it starts in Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. way back in the day, in like the 1700s or 1600s or something. Yeah, when with did, the witch when did trial. people come to America? Anyway. 1609, I think um, it was Jamestown. Sure. So earlier than that, right? Like, this movie did they takes come to place plum- after that? No, 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 no. And that's not what I was asking. But anyway, doesn't matter. Not what we're talking about. It takes place in Salem, and there's the little dude uh, who gets turned into a cat, and his sister gets like eaten by witches or something, and then all of the townspeople are like, "Hey, witches, we don't like you. They need and- children f- to maintain their beauty." Yes, and so they go to like kill the witches and they're like ah we no we lay a curse on you and then they like go to bed Ooh. and yes and so then it fast forwards to current day the kids find the book accidentally wake the witches they, a virgin lights the black flame candle yeah that I, you know what that's something that's always stuck out to me every time we watch this film they talk about that kid being a virgin a lot a lot and this, like, this movie was made for kids that probably shouldn't know what virgins are. And, like, his little sister's talking about him being a virgin sometimes, if I'm remembering correctly. And, like, also the dude's, like, like 12. Of course he's a virgin. I think he's in high school. Setting, like, unrealistic expectations. So that's what I remember. Lots of virginity talk. You know what? Kids are actually having sex at older ages now than they were back in the 90s and earlier. Oh, interesting. So maybe this was culturally appropriate at the time. Well, it feels weird watching it now, but I'm one of the minimal sex educators in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) One of the few. few. I have some stats for you if you want to get into that. Nope. So (laughs) (laughs) 
They wake them up. They steal the book. Witches try to get the book back. They try to kill the witches. The cat banks or whatever follow them around. He can talk. And then there's the wonderful scene of the gym with all of the parents dancing that I put a spell on you. Dance until you die. I really actually really like that scene. But uh, yeah, really, really fun movie. Uh, Moves pretty quick. Like it has really good pacing from what I remember. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And a kind of crazy cast. Yeah, you can't have Bette Midler without a song. That's why they had to have a song. Yeah, like, how crazy is that? Bette Midler? And then Sarah Jessica Parker, too, but I think it was, like, potentially before she was really famous. Before she was Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, but, yeah, I remember it being pretty solid. The one thing that, for me, I've never enjoyed is Mr. Binks. I love Mr. Binks. I just, I couldn't get behind his voice. He's supposed to be, like, a 14-year-old kid or something, and he's talking like he's a 45-year-old man. Well, he's... I don't think McGee is 45 when he made this movie, but. I don't know. It always felt weird to me. But yeah, that is what I remember of Hocus Pocus. Not too bad. Yeah. And I left some stuff out. I, I definitely could like fill in the blanks, but I remember a good amount of it. The Sanderson sisters. Do you have a favorite scene? I, like I said, I think it's probably the dance scene in the at the high school. Just It's just so fun. And I love when they cut back to it and they're still dancing. And the song that plays there is like really, really fun. And then, like, the music seems to, like, get faster and faster. Yeah. And they're just, like, booking. I also love uh, when they, like, throw the witches in the oven and try to kill them. Oh, in the kiln in the high school? Yeah. Because that is, like, really morbid, but then they don't win. Like, oh, it's just kind of fun. I, yeah. Oh, as I'm talking about this, I'm actually getting more excited to watch it. Oh, I, that wasn't what I was expecting. This is making me so happy. My favorite joke probably is when they try to find brooms to fly and they can't find them. So the one which flies on a vacuum. Oh, yeah. And that ends up being important because they can like grab the cord and pull her down or something. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty fun. Uh, oh, actually, I'm looking at the poster right now and they are actually flying on the vacuum, not the broom. Yeah, it's iconic. It is an iconic scene. Yeah. I can go for days about this movie. Yeah, so I also love her ex boyfriend, and she like uh, sewed his mouth shut. She she like wakes him up to get the kids, and he like cuts his stitches out, and he's like against her. Yeah, it's cute. When we were preparing for this week, I kept getting that confused with under wraps. Oh, uh, maybe that's what you were thinking. Yeah, that also but, makes me really miss New England. Oh man, yeah, because I grew up in Massachusetts, especially my college roommate. The only roommate I had in all of college, he was actually from Salem. Ugh. Yeah, but then he dropped out after half a quarter. Poor buddy. So I had a double to myself. Is he okay? I don't know. I had a double to myself. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, that's, you know, that's what I remember. Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of getting more excited to watch it as we're talking about it. So what do you think? How do you think this one is going to hold up? I'm in the cult. It's a wine. It is in a, the cult. It is like a Cabernet Sauvignon, like on your dusty wine cellar shelf that you turn all the time and you're just waiting for your first child to be born to open it or something. Wow. I am nowhere near that level of Oh, confidence. I know. I know you're not going to. You're probably going to say it's a milk. I'm, I think, like I said, I was getting more excited as we were talking about it. So I think there's, there's a good chance this one is going to be a wine, actually. I'm excited to see it. If I say it's a milk, I'll lose my cult membership. I have a card they'll, and everything. They'll rescind it. It's a laminated last for it back, so. But give us some facts. Tell us about Hocus Pocus. So Hocus Pocus came out in 1993, which is earlier than I thought it, yeah, it did, Yeah, way honestly. earlier than I thought it did. And then fun fact, it came out in July of 1993. July? Like, 
when when we were looking into this and I saw that for the first time, I was like, what in the world? Why would you release a Halloween movie in July? Yeah, but then you found out the strategy is you release early so it comes out on VHS for October. So people yeah. buy it for Halloween. And apparently they used to do that with like Christmas movies and stuff as well. They would like come out in the middle of the year so that they would be available to purchase during the holidays. That just like seems absolutely backward to me, especially now. I mean, everything comes out in the right season. Fun fact, if we wanted to go see Hocus Pocus in the movie theater right now, we could. It's playing could. locally in Austin. In like the next 10 minutes, like we could drive to it. Definitely All right. Don't. So let's wrap this up. Let's let's stop recording now. And nope. then we can just watch it in the movie theater. Yeah, We're- there's a pandemic going on. What if we buy all the tickets? <laughs> buy every single one. So buy it out so just you and me there. Yeah. Uh, still no. But anyway. It could be a belated birthday gift to me. <laughs> That's all I want. So realistically, we're not going to do that. But. Maybe it's at the drive-in. That could be fun. Oh, my God. Don't don't play with my heart like that. We'll look it up. Okay. Oh Tell us god, about oh this Oh, my god. Oh, my god. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Directed by Kenny Ortega. Produced by David Kirshner and Stephen Haft. Screenplay and story by Mick Garris and Neil Cuthbert. And then it's starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Jimmy, Omri Katz, Thora Birch, and Vanessa Shaw. Music by John Debney. I feel like this one has pretty solid music, too. I think so. I can't super remember it, but I feel like it's pretty solid. Yeah. And it's a Walt Disney Pictures movie. It's not a Disney Channel movie. It's an actual Walt Disney Pictures movie. Yeah. And it, like we said, it, it became a cult classic after doing pretty poorly in the box office because it came out in July. But I think partially that cult success probably inspired Disney to make their Disney Channel original movies based on Halloween, like Under Wraps and Halloween Town. And my mom got a date with a vampire and Don't Look Under the Bed. And yeah, all of those great Twitches. movies. But I feel like this kind of kicked that off. It was It was the trailblazer and probably in my opinion, the most successful. I'm excited. Also, fun fact, they're making a sequel for Disney+. Plus. It's in production. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Do you think they're going to have some of the witches replay their roles? I freaking hope so. I have to look into that. I have no idea. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be as successful if they didn't. We will definitely be getting Disney+, Plus to watch that. So, yeah, let's watch um, this wonderful wine of a movie together and then collectively agree after that it's a wine. But so no excited. Bias. No bias at all. None. Objective truth only. <laughs> I really made a mistake and have to make a correction. What's that? Jamestown was founded in 1607. Wait, did you actually look that up? I did. I was concerned I got it wrong and I was off by two years. Okay. Well, Everything else I said was factual. I really appreciate you correcting yourself. Correct In- the record. Including that, you know, this is a cult classic. Wait, what? It is a cult classic. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that was the only thing I, I, I said wrong. All my oh. other opinions were... <laughs> Everything else was Everything good. Everything else was uh, completely accurate. Gotcha. All my opinions are facts now. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this one as well, especially because you're such a large fan of it. I'm pretty excited to... To hash it out with you. I'm so excited to reframe all of your criticism. Reframe all my criticism. Mm-hmm. That could be the subline of our podcast. That's a subline of my life now that we've been married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Any initial thoughts or do you want to just run into your, your recap? Initial thoughts. 
Um, no, let's just go right into the recap because I want to I want to like hash it out. I don't know if I have any at a glances. Don't read my notes. I'm not. I literally see you reading my notes. I, so you're I, trying to see what my opinion is. I was trying to see if you wrote STD. That's really all I'm looking at. STD? It's Sarah Jessica Parker. It's SJP, <laughs> but your handwriting is so bad. I was like, why are you talking about STDs? That's pretty funny. That's what caught my eye. All right. So recap. Oh, man, I already want to rewatch it. So this will be good for me to jog oh my, my memory. God. Not I. Um, what? And this is a once a year movie for me. At most. Okay, so. I'm gonna It opens cry. on a crisp fall day. <laughs> I can't do it as good You're as you. You're such a poser. I lose, I lose my, I, I break. I can't, I can't do it as good as you. Okay, I roll in my notes. Old days. 1693. 1693. And actually, before the old days, this is the first movie that we've watched that had the Disney castle opening and the true story. And that was nice. It was so nostalgic to actually open to that. It reminded me of like the ABC family night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just it set this movie up for success and then it was all downhill from there. So um, I'm just kidding. I'm just pushing your buttons. I'm just pushing your buttons. I actually was speechless. <laughs> you shocked the words out of me. All right, just tell me about the movie. So, and then we get opening credits, as has become the norm on this podcast. Uh, we're in the old days. We get introduced to Binks and Emily, his younger sister. She gets captured by Sarah Jessica Parker, who is Mary, right? Sarah. Darn it, yeah. It's the easy paired, one. Sarah Jessica plays Parker Sarah. plays Crap. Sarah. Sarah plays Sarah, lures her back to the witch's house. And all of the witches, so there's Mary, Sarah, and Winifred, uh, Winnie, they're all old AF. And then <laughs> we see the book. Fellow kids. Fellow kids. They <laughs> old AF. Uh, <laughs> Just typical boomers. Yep. <laughs> so the boomers lure this kid to their house, and they we get introduced to Blinky the book. And Blinky, the book, oh, because it has an eyeball. Yeah, Blinky the book. It's actually pronounced book. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, it's pronounced Blinky. No, I don't think the book is French. <laughs> um. Anyway, hey, we don't know. They came over on the Mayflower, right? You know, I saw Plymouth Rock once in a lightning storm. Yeah, it's you've told me. Really tiny. And there's a raw iron fence. We have already lost the plot of this plot recap. <laughs> okay, I'll tell my Plymouth Rock story another time. Uh, Probably, and by that I mean never. It's not never, very exciting. Not a good story. It's just small. So, the old witches are preparing a brew, and they feed it to Emily, and they eat her. And now they are not old anymore. Binks jumps out and is like, hey, you ladies, stop that. And they're like, magic. And they turn him into a cat. He was defending his sister like a good brother. Yep. But all of the townspeople were alerted to goings on. So they capture the witches and they hang them. But before they're able to, Winnie summons her book and has a prophecy, uh, which is like, there'll be a black flame candle and starting early, the virgin talk. I think it's a spell. It's like a curse. She calls um, it a curse. Oh, yeah. So the curses him. I, I felt like it was kind of a prophecy because she was like, I don't know. Curse, prophecy, something. She talks about the candle and how they'll be back on All Hallows' Eve. If someone lights the black flame candle on Hallows' Eve on a full moon, specifically wow. that someone a being a virgin, there. 
It's how curses work. They're like ultra specific. Yeah. You know? So immediately we jump to present day. Well, present day minus 30 years. And. Oh, my God. What? You made me feel really old. I know, right? Oh, God. 1993. Not quite 30 years. And the teacher is explicitly telling the story of the Sanderson sisters in the school. We are introduced to Max, our main protagonist, who is a skeptic. And he's like, I don't believe in witches. I'm too cool. And then he. Do you believe in witches? Uh, I do. <sighs> okay. So you're not too cool then? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too cool to believe in okay. witches. Okay. I was just checking. So he <laughs> is being a loser and a dork. And he hits on this girl, Allison. And he's like, here's my number. Okay. He was not being a dork. That was such a bold move. Allison is specifically like, Halloween is the night of the dead where the spirits roam the earth. And he says to her, which I thought was a good line. He goes, in case Jimi Hendrix shows up tonight, here's my number. I mean, it was okay. That would have worked on me. Would it have? Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, boy. And that was a good line. It was clever. It was witty. <laughs> well, it, was it worked on her because. No, it didn't. She gave him the number back. Yeah, but she was like all smiley about it. Trick or treat. Okay. So Max heads out. He's riding his bike. He goes to a graveyard to take a shortcut, and there's just two guys laying down on the ground in the graveyard, and they're like, eh, spooky, give us your shoes. Um, <laughs> so Max goes home, shoeless, all sad, and he's, like, in his room, and something's in his closet. It's his sister. And she's like, take me trick-or-treating. Uh, I don't know where the voices are coming from today. I don't know, I'm but Danny voicey. is really not that annoying. No, she's not a brat. She's a really cute, cute, good kid. So Danny, his little sister, wants him to take her trick-or-treating. And so they go and get held up again by the the meanie boys, uh, Jay and Ernie, who stole his shoes earlier. Ernie goes by Ice. Ice. Thank you so for the correcting people that the stole his shoes in the graveyard yeah. previously for the same kids. And he, Max is, like, trying to play it cool. And Danny, like, is like, my brother Max is cooler than all of you guys and stuff. And he gets mad at her. He's like, you humiliated me. And so she runs off and cries into a pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkins that are lit on top of a haystack. Yeah. That felt very not fire safe to me. Yeah. I just really love that scene of her like running off all sad and diving into the haystack and crying on a pumpkin. Oh, I literally have notes about this scene. And this is where I learned all my fake crying moves as a kid. Is it really? No, like seriously, I would try to emulate this when I was upset about something. My mom like yelled at me or my brother was mean to me. I would like dramatically launch myself on the couch Mm -hmm. and try to emulate her because I thought she would like pull off distraught so well oh wow but she was kind of like faking it you could tell a little bit you know she Mm -hmm. was like she was like glancing back at him she was like hamming it up for him so i really tried to emulate her move there in the future i had like a snapshot image of her face in distress yeah like laying there i didn't realize how educational this movie was for you as well yeah i learned all about witches and curses and crying into pumpkins crying into pumpkins yep okay so she's crying into the pumpkin and then just so happens to be that pumpkin's outside of Allison's house. So they go in to go trick-or-treating. Allison comes down dressed in this, like, crazy ball gown. She's the one giving out candy, and she's, uh, Danny's like, oh, this is Allison? Max loves your yabos, which I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Already, like, whoa. Starting off strong with this one. That would have been a bloodbath between me and my brothers if that ever happened. Oh my god, yeah. I was like, 
this is horrifying, but for whatever reason, I thought Allison was a little bit un- unrealistically written at some points. This was one of them where she just like laughed it off. I don't know. I would have taken my hot cider and dumped it on them. Yeah, I would have been like, cool, that's wildly inappropriate. Please leave my house. Also, they just walked into her house. They like knocked on the door and no one answered for trick or treating. Yeah, they had the candy bowl inside. Literally saw the candy bowl through the window and walked in to a house they don't know. Yeah, pretty weird. That always sat weird with me as a kid. That's my biggest criticism for this movie is who just goes into someone's house. Yeah. And you know what? It's that lack of respect for property that kicks off this whole film. It really is. If they didn't just barge into her house, everything would be fine. And so they end up deciding they want to spook up the night. So they go to the Sanderson house slash museum. And I guess, what was it? Allison's mom was like the curator for it at some point. And so she has the key and they are able to get in. They can't find a light. So match, match, Max grabs a lighter and does this like lame leg move to light it to try and show off to Allison. I like the continuity there because earlier when Max is getting his shoes robbed, they're like, do you smoke? Because they're trying to steal cigarettes from him. And he says no. So then in the scene where he needs a lighter, first of all, what gift shop has a lighter? Like really nice lighters too. Like the real nice Zippos, the fancy ones. But yeah, he has to use the gift shop lighter. Yeah. Continuity. Doesn't smoke, doesn't have a lighter. (laughs) Good catch. So. This movie is very detail oriented to the truth. Oh boy. (laughs) That's a hot take. So. They're exploring the museum and Binks the cat is stalking them, I guess. And Max goes to light the candle to the protests of his sister and Allison. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Binks literally dives out onto his face and like starts clawing him. And Max is just kind of like, that was weird and goes to light it again. And they're like, Max, literally don't do this. And he goes... It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Lights the candle. Cool scene where all of the floorboards are like jiggling in the house and the green light is shining up through the bottom. There's like fl- fog flying through. I, I really like the that. effects there, I will say. And the Sanderson sisters, they come back. They walk through the door. They've been gone 300 years. A fight ensues because they're like, who woke us up? And Mary, the the witch with the really cool lip can like smell kids that's her power and so she like finds them in the house and they have a big fight they're able to escape because max does the burning rain of death holds the lighter up to the fire suppression system and makes it rain in the museum the sprinklers yeah the fire suppression system it's the fire sprinklers fire (laughs) suppression system okay (laughs) they um what the hell they think that they're gonna die because he called it the burning rain of death but really they're fine Quick on his feet. I like it. Yeah. A little theatrical, too. Little theatrical, yeah. And so he steals the book, and they flee to the graveyard. Binks leads them there after shaming Max for lighting the black flame candle and being a virgin. And so they go to the graveyard because Binks is like, they can't enter here. It's hollowed ground. All the witches grab their broomsticks, and they go, we fly. They fly out of the museum to go find them conveniently literally go straight to the graveyard and this is when winnie raises her ex-lover billy billy butcherson billy butcherson they are able to flee from billy and (laughs) there was that fun scene where winnie is like freaking out and they do the calming circle Mm -hmm. the witches do the calming circle to calm her down i I enjoyed that they were like talking about gross things to like bring her down it was cute 
And so they flee through the crypts as the sisters get on the bus. One of my favorite lines of the movie here. Oh, my God. I, I think it, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. When the uh, the the bus dr- pulls up and they're all like, oh, my God, what is this contraption? He's like, it's a bus. But what he says to them as he looks at him, he goes, bubble, bubble, I'm in trouble. Oh, my God. I loved it. <laughs> That's not the line I thought you were talking about. Because he, they're like, what is this contraption? He's like, I can take you to your darkest desires or yep. something. And then they go, we desire children. And he goes, it may take me a couple of tries, but it shouldn't be a problem. Really good line. Right over my head as a kid. Yeah, that's one of those lines that was directly over my head, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. So <laughs> Bubble, bubble, I'm in trouble. I also just love the way he said it. It's like really extra sleazy. I really enjoyed it. So the kids are fleeing in the crypts, the witches are on the bus, and they emerge from the crypts through a sewer grate, and Binks leads the charge and tragically gets run over by the same bus that the witches are driving. Mm -hmm. And then we never see him again. And for the record, at some point, the witches say that they are only alive until the sun rises. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And in order to stay alive forever, they need their book back because it has all their spells and potions. And they can do that brew where they're able to feed it to children and then suck the life out of children. Yep. And they can stay forever. But they have to do it before the sun rises. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. I, f- I forgot. I don't know when they talked about that. I think it was before they went to the graveyard. Yeah. And so Binks gets run over by the bus. He's not actually dead forever. He's immortal because of the curse that Winnie put on him. So he reinflates. Kind of gross seeing like a literally run over cat. I mean, there wasn't like blood, but he was like crushed in and stuff. I didn't it really like devastated me as a kid. Yeah, I, I remember really that like scene. I hated it. And then, like, as he's reinflating, it's like crinkling and stuff, like his ribs pop- popping in. You could place. hear his ribs, like, yeah. realigning. Ugh. So the witches go to the, like, are looking around for the kids, and Mary's, like, smelling all the kids trick or treating and getting confused. And they end up outside of this house where a guy is dressed as the devil for Halloween. Master. And they, <laughs> they think it's actually Satan. That's a pretty fun scene. And as that's going on, the kids are looking for help and see a guy dressed as a police officer. And they go and, like, spill their guts to him. We broke into the house, and I'm a virgin, and I lit the candle. And the guy, once again, shames him for being a virgin. It really bothered me. Um, But he's a fake police officer, and he is no help. Which I wrote down, that's illegal. Impersonating a police officer to that level. Like, he even had a, a Salem PD jacket on. That's illegal. I was thinking that. They were more lenient in the 90s, I guess. Yeah. So while the witches are in Satan's house, their brooms get stolen. And the kids run to Town Hall because there's a big Halloween bash party being thrown at Town Hall and their parents are going to be there. So they run there and they're like, we need help. And as they're there trying to convince their parents to take them seriously, the Sanderson sisters show up. And they're like, oh, snap, we got a dip. So Allison and Danny start to like move off. And Max tries to do a distraction or not even a distraction. He tries to get help. He runs up on stage, grabs the mic and is like, listen, the Sanderson sisters are back. Your kids are in trouble. Your kids are in trouble. Mass panic. (laughs) Yeah, literal mass panic. And then he's like, they're right there. And they shine the light on the Sanderson sisters. And that's when Winnie goes. Thank you for that wonder or marvelous introduction, yeah, just Max. Marvelous introduction. Um, this is the marvelous, iconic 
I put a spell on you song. Danny's really smart here because she recognizes immediately it's going to be a curse. And she's yeah. screaming, don't listen to them. Don't yeah. listen to them. Cover your ears. She's smart. Yeah. If this was the kids in uh, Under Wraps, they would have been like, "I this sounds good to me. I'm going to stay here and listen to this song. Let's jam out. <laughs> yeah. You need some backup singers? What's a sarcophagus? So the curse is basically she's putting on the parents that they dance until they die. Morbid. So the kids flee. Max has a big temper tantrum in the alley. And kicks a trash can for no reason. Very aggressive, like, MDMA reaction. Yeah, like, way over the top. They were really going hard with the dancing. Oh, the, pa- the, the oh, dancing. No. I was I'm... talking about uh, Max's temper tantrum. Oh, no, I was talking about the parents dancing in the gym. But yeah. Oh, yeah. He's upset. His parents didn't believe little... him. They invalidated all of his feelings. They asked him if extra. he had too much candy. I guess that's true. That is pretty invalidating. The most terrifying experience of his life. No one believes him. I can yeah. a trash can too. I guess so. So anyway, they're hiding in the alley and Allison accidentally knocks over like a uh, old rusty oven. And that's when they get the idea. They run to the school to lure the witches to the school where they have a, what is that? Like a ceramics kiln in, a their, kiln. Yeah. in and- their art room. So they're able to lure the witches into the kiln with a radio with a uh, CD on it for French instructions. A language learning tape. Yeah, so it'll like say a phrase in English and then say f- say a, a phrase in, in French. They lure them into the, the kiln, close it up on them, and then literally light them on fire. Yes. Even if I was being like stalked by witches, I don't know if I would have the guts to literally burn somebody alive. It's like when the Sims that you're playing sometimes catch on fire by accident and you can't stop anything. You know what? Now that you put it that way, I definitely think I'd be able to do that because in the Sims, I really liked putting a bunch of ovens in the kitchen and then removing all the doors. Oh my God, dude. So you've done this. You've actually done this. So yeah, this isn't as unrealistic anymore. On a lighter note, though, I liked the joke they had when they come to the school and, like, Mary is smelling. She's like, smells like a prison for children. Yeah, that was really good. Wow, what a great depiction of what kids think school is. It was very good. So, yeah, they think they killed the witches and they they leave. Yeah, and they they go back to Max's house to celebrate. And Binks is like, we did it. I'm so excited. Danny's like, well, you live with us now. You're our pet. And he's like, that sounds wonderful. And as they go inside max decides to have a little bit of a heart to heart with binks which i think he did a terrible job at max looks at binks and he goes you really miss her don't you (laughs) you know what i'm gonna like max gets a little sassy with binks multiple times and the end scene is appalling yeah the end scene is really appalling on max's part when it comes to binks and i'm i'm excited to get there yeah it's just like no he doesn't miss his 300 year old dead sister what but do you he think? He feels responsible for her murder in part because he couldn't stop it. Yeah. But anyway, they go into Max's bedroom. Uh, Allison and Max snuggle up and they're like, oh, wait, maybe we could free Binks from his curse. Let's read the book. So they open it up to read it. But as that's happening, actually, the witch's spirits fly back into the chimney of the school and they are reborn. Don't really explain how that happens, but they're back and they kick down the door of, they can't die, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. They kick down the door of the the kiln, and I really love this scene. Winnie comes out saying in French, I want my book. Yeah, because she goes, I want my book. And then she goes, je veux un livre. I really liked that. I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, they open the book, which shoots up a big like spotlight into the sky. 
which the witches are able to find their way to Max and Well, first they go home, actually, and they try to figure out by memory the potion. Yeah. And they're, like, giving up. And there's a funny scene of Winnie, like, being defeated, basically. Yeah. And then right as she's about to give up, they see, like, the light pier coming from Max's house with the book on it. Yeah. And so they make their way to Max's house. They fly there. They're able to find one broom, a mop, and a vacuum cleaner. And that's how they fly there, which was very fun as well. As they're reading the book, Allison realizes that a salt circle can keep Winnie's enemies away. I don't know why in your own spell book you would write down your counters, but Winnie did. Not a very good witch, I guess. Well, I guess it's just good to know. You Like, you want to know your own weaknesses too, right? I guess so. So the best offense is a good defense. Your your best offense is also not writing down your best defense and giving it to your opponent. It was stolen. I guess so. They're able to get the book. They literally just blow the roof off of Max's house. They get the book and Danny and Binks. They really got the jackpot there. And then as they're flying back to their house to make the potion and eat Danny, Sarah is singing the same song that she used earlier in the film to lure Emily to her. She's using that to cast a spell on all of the children of Salem. Have them go to the Sanderson sisters' house to get eaten. So... Max and Allison, they go to the Sanderson house. They fake that the sun is up by putting the high beams on on the truck. And then the Sanderson sisters are like, oh, God, we're dead. And just like crumple to the ground. I thought it was funny. He's like, I know something that you don't know. Daylight savings. Yeah. And they turn the lights on. (laughs) So they're able to save Danny and Binks. They drive away and also kick over the cauldron. Now... There's only one dose left, which Winnie puts in a vial and somewhat weirdly is like, hey, if I don't eat a child in the next hour or so, I'm going to die forever. I'm surrounded by children right now, but I'm really mad at these kids in particular. I want to eat those kids. Yeah, because they also captured Ice and Jay. And just had like an army of children outside their door. I mean, like if I was them, I would have been like, hmm. I'm kind of mad at those kids. I kind of want my book. I'm going to eat one of these fatties, power up, then I'm going to go get them and eat them later. Well, the best strategy is a good, of a good offense is a good defense. Nope. They're doing the opposite there's no, of that. There's no <laughs> sports analogy to this. It's like giving your, like, every time the kickoff happens, just taking a safety. Just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. They call it a safety because it's safer, right? Yep, that's it. Um, <laughs> the kids go to... The graveyard, because they're like, we've got the book. We've got all of us are here. Let's ride out, ride out till morning. Ride, ride out, out till to morning. The sun. There's just an hour left. Let's wait in the graveyard where they can't get us. Billy, who we kind of forgot existed. I never forgot Billy. <laughs> ends up grabbing Max. And when he's like, thank you for grabbing him since I can't go in the graveyard, kill him. Max, I think, had a knife that he was like trying to ward billy off on so billy grabs the knife and cuts his own the like stitches covering his mouth and call her calls her like a trollop and stuff those old 16th century insults the witches are able to get danny and winnie goes to feed the potion to danny binks knocks it out of her hand max catches it baffling decision instead of just letting it crash on the ground and is like give me danny or i smash it Again, should have just let it drop to the ground. Well, It's reflexes. When you're an athlete, you can't control that. You just Max go for it. Max is most certainly not an athlete. Um, <laughs> you're such a hater. Max is like, give me Danny or I smash it. Winnie's like, 
give it to me or I kill her, which again, isn't a great trade because she's going to die anyway. But anyway, Max is like, oh yeah, I got you. He drinks the whole vial and is like, ha. So when he's like, (laughs) cool. Yeah, that's exactly what he does. I'm just going to Dementors kiss you. So she grabs him and starts to Dementors kiss him. But the sun comes up. Kind of. And she gets knocked on the ground. Yeah, but she's like Dementors kissing him on the ground, sucking his soul out. And as that happens, the sun comes up, turns her into a statue. She turns into a statue because she was on hollowed ground. And then she explodes when the sun officially rises, like all the other ones. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, because the other witches in the sky, they explode first. I didn't, I never, they didn't explain that very well. I didn't get that. Okay, so they touch down. She starts turning into a statue. She tries to suck his soul, even though she's turning into a statue. Doesn't work. She turns into a statue. Sun hits her. She explodes. Day is saved. And because the witches are dead, Binks is also freed from his curse. He gets to turn into a spirit now and be with his little sister. Emily. Emily. And then... Billy goes back to sleep. The dance is over. The parents are finally allowed to leave. Yep. And then it ends with a scene of the book, Blinking. Is that foreshadow for Hocus Pocus 2? 30 years later, baby. I'm excited for it. That was a good That was a good little reminder of everything that happened. The only thing we missed, remind us what Max says to Binks to wrap it up. Oh, at the end? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Hold on, let me scroll. We mentioned that and we didn't get to it. Yeah, so I don't know if you caught this. But at the end, after the witches die, Danny goes, you saved my life. And then Max goes, I had to. You're my brother. Yep. And I was like, way to rub Sister. it in, Max. You're my brother. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote your, I was typing it was fast. <laughs> I'm your brother. So yeah. So Danny says, you saved my life. And then Max goes, I had to. I'm your brother. Yeah, and then he gives a big fat side eye to Binks, and he's like, look at that's yeah. how it was done. If you're a good brother, you save your sister's life. If you're a bad brother, you let her get Eaten. soul-sucked, basically. Yeah. And I thought that was really shady towards Binks. Yeah, man. I can't disagree. Can't disagree. He's uh, yeah, a little tone deaf there. That Throwing Max. a little shade. Yeah. All right, but that's Hocus Pocus. Let's talk about it. I'm so excited. Where do you want to start? I don't know. Where do you want to start? Because I love everything about this movie. Is there some things that, like, I can run you through what felt nostalgic to me. If you want to talk to me about, like, some things you really liked about it as a hater, you know? Yeah. I think one of my low-key favorite parts of the movie, I really love how the witches, like, all line up in a row and do that march where they, like, do big outward steps and look side to side. They link their arms. They're like, Yeah. I love it. It's so good absurdly unnecessary way to walk but i just love it i like that little characterization they walk, do it like two or three times when we walk luna next time we're we should do that the march. whole way yeah if we could train her to do that that'd be great <laughs> we can't even train her to sit down properly so yeah i like that honestly every time i watch this movie i come away with this realization and then forget it immediately because this movie doesn't stick with me all that much I'm sorry, I'm just pushing your buttons. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna ignore that. Mary Disengage. Is, <laughs> Mary is low-key, like, the sleeper hit. She's great. Oh, she's wonderful. She's so good. Like, Winnie obviously takes the spotlight, but, like, I think Mary is, like, a really solid part of this movie. Did you notice with Mary, too, the way her hair is, it's shaped like a witch's hat on her oh, head? Oh, good call, yeah. Yeah. 
also, I have literally no idea how she does that with her lip, but her character is wicked funny. She had a, sep- a couple of really good lines. One of them that I really loved was when Winnie was spiraling and thinking that she was going to die. Mary goes, like, what does she say? Do you, like, you want to hit me? Will that make you feel better? Because the whole movie, Winnie is always like smacking her. She puts out her hand and Winnie like slaps her hand. Yeah. It's funny. It's cute. I, so yeah, I think I think Mary is very underrated. And then also, we talked about this a little last night. I have literally no idea how they did the movie magic to make Binks talk and have his face like move. I literally have no idea how they accomplished that in 1993, but it's really, really, really impressive. It aged tremendously well. It was still convincing. Well, I mean, I'm sure they auditioned and things and had to find the right fit. Not that many talking cats oh my out God. there. <laughs> but, I mean, I think he just auditioned like any other talking cat. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, but no, that that was really impressive. And then I thought that this was an interesting parallel between this movie and Halloween Town. Halloween Town, I kind of, you know, crapped on the special effects a little bit. Special effects in this movie were really well done. The broom flying was markedly better. Oh, the broom flying was really good. Even in the opening scene, like, I know you like to talk about the opening credits a lot. Yeah. There was, like, Sarah's shadow flying over, like, the lakes and the rivers and stuff. And it was just her shadow moving across the land, and they had, like, the intro names and everything like that, and I even thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. A nice drone shot. Yeah, probably a helicopter in that do- in those days, though, right? You'd have to imagine. I don't know when drones became a thing. Definitely not 1993. Not with cameras, at least. But yeah, that was really cool. I thought the, the quality of the film was, was really high. And then the soundtrack was much more diverse than the other two Halloween movies we watched, and it was really good. It was They used it really well as backing for some of the more emotional or action-packed scenes, and I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. I think, for me... Part of the reason I liked this movie so much is, A, I, I like the storyline, and I feel like the pacing is really good. Mm-hmm. It I think moves nice. The, it really flows really well. They do a good job of explaining everything that's happening, why you should be bought into the story. Like, there's not a lot of, like, questions of, like, how are they alive? Like, they explain the curse, and they explain, like, why they have to do this before midnight. Like, it's still lore in the school system itself, so the kids are fully on board and know what's going on, too, you know? So I thought it was set up well, and then the action moves pretty quickly, and there's also a lot of humor. Like, all the jokes, I feel like, still held up. Yeah, they were good. And I think on the the pacing part, too, I don't think there was any scene, like, literally any scene in the whole movie where I wish that they had spent longer on it, which is, I think, really hard to pull off. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of your complaints with some of these movies has been that there's a conflict, it's solved, and it's over. And this one had a lot of back and forth of, like, the witches having a win, right? And then, like... The kids having a win, win, and then friction and conflict and back and forth, like, yeah. I, I, like, basically the, the conflict is set up really, like, they... They set the table, they set the stakes, they introduce the characters, and then the conflict is introduced in, like, 20 minutes. But it doesn't feel fake, it doesn't feel inauthentic, like, it's baked into the story in a great way. And then the rest of the film, until the very end, is back and forth between the protagonist yeah. and the antagonist, and I like that. Like, But you- they gave you breathing room. I, I could go on and on, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Pacing is great. Yeah, like, they had the reign of death, that's a win for Max, and then they go to the graveyard but they bring billy back so that's a win for the witches and then they run away which is a win for the kids but then like binks gets run over and yeah 
they have the barrier with the, the parents getting cursed, but then they get in the kiln. You know, it's just like a lot of good back and forth. It's a good volley. Yeah. It's a good volley. It is. And I think there's also like a good amount of times where they like escape by the skin of their teeth and stuff like that. You know, like I think that they did a good job amping the the danger and stuff. So yeah, that I liked that a lot. I also liked a bit more too in, now that I'm thinking about it, with under wraps, like the mummy kind of just like knows modern life and just like gets with mm. it. And I liked the journey of the Sanderson sisters discovering modern life like even that opening scene where they like walk out of their house and they see a paved road and they think it's literally a black river they're like it's a black river and then like they push sarah onto the road and she starts jumping on it like it's firm yeah and then they realize it's a road things like that i just really liked yeah there was a couple of them i I wish they had held that the whole movie because like at one point the the witches are flying after the car as they're trying to make their getaway and uh Winnie says, like, pull over and let me see your driver's permit, which obviously she wouldn't have known. So it's not a huge deal, but I I kind of wish they had kept it up the whole time. Mm -hmm. I just I think it would have been nice, but obviously it doesn't really detract all that much. I just love to like their confusion with Satan and calling him master and like going into his house. And like Mary discovering television. Yeah. And like Winnie going into the kitchen and like looking at all the tools in the kitchen and being like, ah, a torture torture chamber chamber in (laughs) hell. Super good. I always forget that line and I really like it. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. She's looking at the whisk and (laughs) it's a torture (laughs) device. (laughs) No. And then she's like the meat pounder. Yeah. Yeah. That one makes a bit more sense. But yeah, it's, I wish that they had been able to hold it up the whole film. I think it would have. Well, Winnie's pretty effective. smart, too, though, I will say. So yeah. maybe driver's permit's a stretch. But they did go on that bus. Maybe he gave them facts about <laughs> driver's them- education. She was like, so how does one become a bus driver? Well, it starts when you're 15 and you take your driver's test in order to get your driver's permit. <laughs> you never know. Um, Tell me the ways of the world, you know? But yeah, it was pretty good. And then this one is a plus, And then it goes into like a little squiggly plus minus for me. I loved they did a lot of on- site filming mm-hmm. and I actually looked it up a lot of this was in salem including the old salem scene they actually have a living museum in salem about like life in the 16th 17th century and that was where that scene like with things chasing after emily was filmed so that was in salem the salem town hall allison's house those were all that actually filmed in salem beautiful like old colonial it looked yeah, it's like a it was straight now. from salem 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 and I think Max's house. So they had a lot of on-site scenes. But then they also used a couple of, like, studio sets, like the night graveyard, which were, it, like, it almost stuck out to me that those weren't on scene. And I was, like, a little disappointed with that. I thought it would have been cool if they could have done the whole film, like, in Massachusetts Yeah, locations. but you can't, like, endanger these 400-year-old gravestones and film on-site. That's true. Like, they no, were kind of destructive. Point. And that was, those are actually historical things. You yeah. Know? Can you imagine going to, like, I've only seen the graveyard in Concord, but can you imagine trying to actually film there? No, that that's a good point. So it was just one of those things where a couple of the scenes were, like, very obviously on a studio set. The quality of, like... The locations differed there and it took me out of it for a brief moment. It wasn't a huge deal, but I loved like a very strong plus for me was that they not only filmed in old historical places, but it was actually in the town of Salem. That was really cool. Yeah, it looked very New England, like the actual town. I mean, you could tell it was filmed on set. Yeah. I loved that was another thing that made me nostalgic was Max's bedroom. When I was growing up, I loved his room with the stairs. 
Mm-hmm. He like stares going up to that little top steeple yeah. in his room, and I super jealous. I was of like, that. he has stairs in his bedroom. I just have bunk beds. That's not really stairs. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. And actually, you know, it was like that old fall New England day. You can just like imagine it being like very crisp and cozy. So we watched Hocus Pocus last night, and today it is literally forty five degrees. It basically willed a beautiful fall day into existence. That was actually my biggest nitpick with the movie. Really? It was supposed to be cold and like a crisp Halloween day. And all the kids were wearing like light jackets and sweaters. Like they would be actually freezing in October. Yeah. October 31st on the seacoast. Yeah. Especially because Salem's right on the ocean. Probably would have been a bit chillier than they were dressed for. They would have a lot more clothes on. I remember in college, we went to school in Massachusetts, not quite all the way east like that, but that was like a thing where we would hold out to turn our heat on until <laughs> yeah. October. And I remember one night coming back from a Halloween party at like, it was past midnight. It just turned November 1st and we turned our heat on because it had hit 45. We're like, we made it. I think it was below 45. It was, it was freezing. freezing out that night. And then we yeah. turn the heat on and then- the heater gets hot and all the dust that's been sitting on there burns and it smells like burning in your house for like three days. <laughs> um, yeah, that. <laughs> but those kids were not looking like they were smelling burning dust and freezing. No, and there's like no breath that you can see or anything no. like that. Biggest complaint. Can I get into my complaints now? Yeah, do you want my nostalgia lines? Like the things oh, that made yeah. me super nostalgic before you shit on my movie? Hit me with your nostalgia lines. For one... The opening when Winnie wakes up and goes to the window after oh. 300 years of rest. <laughs> and she goes, oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. Love it. I, Actually, I identify with that. That was before they went. That was before they got hanged. Yeah, it was when she was an old lady. Yeah, yeah. Makes me sick. Iconic. And oh, the other thing. Mary has a bunch of lines because she's kind of supposed to be the idiot sister. Sarah. Mary. Oh, yeah. Sarah. Sarah. You're right, you're right. So Sarah is supposed to be kind of the idiot sister, so she has a couple lines that, for me, always stood out. Like, I know they're coming in the movie, but she has, like, the dead man's toe, dead man's toe. Yep. And then when they discover that the trick-or-treaters are actually children in disguise, and that's why they smell children, but they saw monsters everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think when he's like, the kids are just running amok, and then Sarah goes, amok, 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 amok. She was, she was good. I liked the voice that she used for Sarah. I liked it a lot. Very not Sarah Jessica Parkery. Yeah. She was it really was in fun. character. Very playful and like, I don't know if like ditzy is the right word, but like, I don't know. I don't know what type of character she was, but the voice worked for it. Well, then she also had that scene too, where the reason that Winnie killed Billy and sewed his mouth shut mm. was because it was her lover, but he cheated on her with her sister, Sarah. Yep. I do like that, you know, Sarah stood by her sister. In some ways, but you probably still shouldn't murder people. And you should probably just hold people accountable for cheating. Okay, I take all that back. Anyway, I I take it all back. (laughs) Yeah. I take it all back. Anyway, um, yeah, Billy cheated on Winnie with Sarah. And when Billy wakes up from the dead to, like, kill the kids, Sarah's Mm -hmm. like, hi, Billy. Yeah. (laughs) Thought it was funny. Very continuity. Again, good continuity. Oh, another thing I loved, too, when Max doesn't want to take Danny trick-or-treating. Yep. And he just puts a baseball cap on. And his dad is like, oh, Max, what are you supposed to be? And Max goes, I'm a rap singer. Yeah. (laughs) A rap singer. (laughs) And then later when Jay and Ice are harassing Danny 
for her candy. He's got to like pay the toll when they're out trick or treating. And Danny's talking up her brother, like, "Oh, my brother will beat you up. My little brother's here. My big brother's here, and he's gonna put you in your place." And the kids are making fun of Max's costume. And Danny goes, for your information, he's a little leaguer. So proud of him. But I also, know. what a lame costume. Lame <laughs> a little costume, la- but little she leaguer. really loves her brother. Yeah, that was really sweet. But yeah, those are those are my big ones. I love the burning rain of death. I thought Max was quick on his feet. And I thought that was a family trait. I love, too, how Danny, when the witches first wake up, Danny tries to be like, oh, sisters, you've arrived. And Danny tries to play it off like she's a witch, too. Yeah. To, like, join them and get out of getting cute. eaten. Like, they're both kind of smart on their feet. And you know what? I I was very confused by one thing in this. When Danny gets captured, she's wicked realistic. She's, like, scared of them and trying to get away. Mm-hmm. Why did Emily just sit there? Like, not, like, she didn't even, like, look scared. Because she, she was under the spell from Sarah. Sarah was oh. singing and she was under the spell. Take it back. Makes yeah, sense. Denny wasn't, though. I'm thinking I'm stupid now. It's okay. Someone's got to be the brains here. Like, two pretty obvious things in a children's movie went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, oh, the other thing that stood out to me that I liked and I didn't really pay attention to. Like, when you were a kid? When I was a kid, or even as an adult watching it back because I was looking for this, there was some interesting parallels with Max and Winnie. At one point when Max drinks the potion to save Danny's life, mm-hmm. so she has to take Max's, Winnie goes, you're a fool to give up thy life for thy sisters. And it just shows that like Winnie doesn't really value her sister's lives at all. Mm. Yeah, good catch. Because good catch. at the end, she's going to just take Max's, she's going to suck his soul and not, at that Share point, she doesn't all. even care. She's just trying to save herself. Yeah. You know, she's not worried about what her sisters are doing whatsoever. So it kind of just shows like she's definitely focusing on herself the most. Yeah. And that's a good catch. Max is not, and he's looking out for Danny. Like he's ready and to then sacrifice. also, the Binks was going to sacrifice himself for Emily as well, and tried to, you know, he like had a cursed immortal life as a cat because he yeah. was trying to save his sister. So it just shows the difference between the antagonist and the protagonist. You know? Yeah, that's a good catch. I like that. I liked that. It was nice on the rewatch to kind of see some of those things. Perhaps most importantly, though, out of all my notes. I do want to say during the drink break episode, we talked about our favorite Halloween candies. Yes. And you did buy flavored Tootsie Rolls. I did. I bought us flavored Tootsie Rolls after that. Yeah. And we ate them while watching the the movie. And I have a note in the middle of my notes is that the green Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. The lime flavored ones. I still like them, but they taste like the smell of Play-Doh. They don't <laughs> taste like lime. Okay, I haven't had one yet. I have to. I'll have to try one and, and see if that if that's an accurate taste. They taste exactly note. how Play Doh smelled as a kid. Okay, it's not a bad taste. Like I probably, I mean, don't eat Play Doh anyone, but it was definitely that was nostalgic for me. Was eating the green Tootsie Rolls. Okay, smell is the sense most closely linked to memory, so maybe that helped enhance your nostalgia for this. Yeah, I also had a Tootsie Pop. Mm-hmm. And I cut my tongue on it. I forgot how sharp those things yeah, can be. Yeah, wicked sharp. I really sliced my tongue. It's still there. You I was. See you want to see? Oh, I see it. Yeah, I was like the owl, where I the kid asks the owl how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie pop, and he bites it on three. That was me last night. No, just ripped that thing right open. I try to like pull on the tootsie pop with my teeth and mm-hmm. pull the stick out, so it's just like a piece of candy that works with dum dums really well. Yeah, it does. Anyway, can I tell you what I don't like? 
Sure. Okay. I don't like Max. I don't think he's written very well. I don't think he was directed very well. I don't want to make assumptions about the actor's performance. I think he probably did as good as he was set up to do. I don't find Max endearing. I don't dislike Max. I, I think he was a typical teenage kid. I might go so far as to say I actively dislike Max. Why? There was a good amount of times where he just kind of like took me out of the film. Like when he had his temper tantrum kicking the trash can, it was just like, oh God, I found myself getting exhausted by him. Okay. He probably is having the worst night of his life after the worst week of his life because he had to move across the country, leave all of his friends, join a new school, got burned by Allison in front of everyone when she gave him back his phone number. Yeah. And then he literally woke up 300 year old witches who were trying to kill him and his sister Goes to the police, gets denied, because it wasn't real police. Goes to his parents, who were supposed to help, gets denied. There was a zombie chasing after them. I just, I don't like him. You're not going to be I would probably me. be kicking a trash can, too. I think you would be kicking a trash can. Probably not. I've seen you I sub your toe on teeth. the cat box. Teeth. Feet. <laughs> teeth. Uh, no, I don't know. I just, like, I wasn't super impressed by Max's character in this film. I don't think he was written. To be particularly endearing. I think they tried to like have this arc where he was like the bad boy who doesn't care about anything and then ends up sacrificing himself for his sister, which is like the arc he went on. I just don't think it delivered for me. See, I don't think that it was much of an, I think he was always looking out for his sister. I think they were like trying to highlight, like play it off where it's like, look, at the beginning, he doesn't want to go trick or treating and now, and he's kind of being a jerk, but he remembers how to be a good big brother or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it didn't really work for me. I don't super like him. I think he was always kind of a good big brother, though, because in the scene where Danny is upset because he he kind of snaps at her for trick-or-treating because mm-hmm. she embarrassed him in front of Ice and Jay. Yep. She gets upset and he immediately comforts her and starts making fun of himself and I know, pushing I'm, on, you know? I thought it was a realistic relationship between brother and sister, some, like, bickering and fighting. But at the end of the day, you really do look out for your family. Which is... I don't disagree with that, and I think that that is what they portrayed. I just don't like the ways that they did it, necessarily. It didn't click for me. Like, specifically what? The way that they wrote Max, the way that he was directed and potentially acted, it just didn't click for me. I wasn't into him as a character. Actually, out of all three of the movies, this might be at the bottom for me. I just really didn't engage with the kids as much in this movie. I literally was wanting the witches to win. That's so rude. I think I Danny's cute. I, I do think Danny's cute and underutilized. But Allison was paper thin. Not as a human, as a character. Her writing was lackluster at best. She was just like a side piece, really. I was just a little bit disappointed with Allison's character. Like the Yabos comment and like, she like literally just met Max and he was like really getting cozy to her in the museum and stuff. And she was like completely fine with it. She didn't contribute a whole lot outside of like kind of being his love interest and that made me sad i i thought that they could use utilize her a little bit better so what if she's open to being cozy with max it just it didn't feel realistic it it, to me it made it feel like she was only there to be his love interest i don't think that's true i think she moved the plot forward because she was also talking about how to help banks with the book and she had a lot of the knowledge like because her mom did run the museum, so she had a lot of knowledge and backstory about the Sanderson sisters that carried them throughout the film. Yeah. And she pulled out that whole thing with a salt circle that ended up saving them at the end. I feel like I don't know what you want. You want action and back and forth, but then you want character development, but it's all in one night, so it's hard to develop a character when it's a lot of action and a lot of 
they're surviving. They're just trying to survive. How much character development do you go through in the moment well, when you're for in example, survival mode? Like Marnie's journey in Halloween Town was one night, and I thought that was a little bit better done. It was spaced out more. And yeah. they had more time. There wasn't as much pressure. There was a lot of exposition in Halloween Town. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm just giving you my opinion. I was a little bit disappointed with the main female protagonist's role in this film. Like I said, I was actively rooting for the witches to win because I liked them better. I think you're supposed to kind of like the the witches, though. You know, I think they were written to be to be liked. Yeah, and that that worked. I just think that they, out of the films that we've seen, I think they didn't utilize their their young actors as well. And then the last bit, like I said, I really didn't care for the virgin talk. If you literally cut out the fact that a virgin lit the candle, it's the same exact movie. I just thought it was weird. Sex sells, Kyle. Sex sells. Yeah, but there's something weird about selling sex to little kids. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You know, like, it just... it. It felt weird. Like, if Halloween Town or Under Wraps kept mentioning the fact that they were all virgins, you'd be like, why are you telling me this? Of course they are. I don't know. Like, if he had lit the candle and it didn't work because he wasn't a virgin, I think we all would have been like, what the hell? Or we'd be like, oh, I told you it was a myth. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Like, everyone was expecting. I don't know. Like, it's a little nitpicky. or it's, It's minor, but, like, for me, personally, I didn't enjoy thinking about these pretty young kids being virgins and in a way being shamed for it how puritanical of you i'm a massachusetts boy through and through <laughs> yeah puritan and yeah well the closing line of the movie is i had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle when binks is explaining to emily why it took so long yeah it's just it's cheap it's like cheap humor and it, it just felt unnecessary to me like, imagine we're watching this with, like, our five-year-old, right? They're going to be like, what's a virgin? And we're going to be like, uh, yeah. It's like extra virgin olive oil. Oh, my God. Are you serious? That's what you would say? Yes. I also, is this movie appropriate for five-year-olds? I don't know. Probably. Probably scary. When this movie, when you were five, this movie, it would have been, like, 1999. Do you think that you saw this movie in 1999? Can you do math? I would be seven. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know how when's my birthday? I added five to the year the movie came out. I was doing when the Wait, movie was important? five years old. It's important old. to me that you know when my birthday is. I know, is. I know. Okay. I messed up. I was doing the math. I was seven. When this movie was five years old. <laughs> that was bad. I don't know, because I had a lot of younger siblings, so I might not have watched it till I was like ten or eleven. Five doesn't seem too young. But anyway. It's not it's not major, but I think there are a couple of things that for me took away from an otherwise really solid movie, especially that pacing was so rock solid. I'm thinking there's a trend here and a lot of these movies from the 90s just don't write good female leads. Yeah, and I I definitely agree. And I think, Allison, you can put her in that bucket. I don't think she's written well. She's a nearly inconsequential character outside of being his love interest. Way better of a character than um, the chick from Under Wraps, though. <laughs> I forget her name. Already. Uh, it's already gone. It's I'm, already faded in my memory. I'm laughing because we're talking about the 90s not writing female characters well, and you refer to her as that chick. <laughs> That's how forgettable she was. That's literally how forgettable her character was. Um, You want to vote? Uh, yeah, I guess we can vote. I just... Or, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to add to my negatives? 
No, not really. I really liked the pacing. I, I, I disagree a little bit on Max's character. I don't think it's as bad as you think. And I think Danny was great. I think she carried yeah. the show for the kids. And she she, did a good she job. definitely carried the show. I think her performance, her writing, her directing, all of it was the best out of the other two. I thought she killed it on the acting, too. She's great. Yeah. And I think they, honestly, like, I literally think they could have utilized her a little bit more. Like, the scene where she's falling asleep with Binks is adorable. I thought that was a little, actually, I thought that was a little creepy. It was. When Having you think like, too hard about it, it's definitely Binks creepy. Binks is like a 14-year-old dude, and he's just, like, purring on her at night. A 314-year-old dude. Yeah. Oh, fun fact, though, I didn't talk about is Binks is played by Baby McGee from NCIS. Yes. You mentioned that in the intro. I did? Yeah. Oh, well, I got to mention it again. Because Kyle, between the intro and now, didn't believe me that he was Baby McGee. And he's I was like, thinking he was a different Why do you character? keep calling him McGee? And then he Googled it, and I was right. I think I was thinking it was a different character. But yeah, is there anything else that stuck out to you? Nope. I just, I love it. I love it so much. Do you want to vote? Let's do it. What do you think? Well, I mean, for me, it was a wine. I'm going to watch this next year for Halloween. I think it's the best Halloween movie we watched of the three. I think, again, great piecing, decent character development. Very, very funny. Held up really well. All the jokes, I thought. Yeah. The three witches, the Sanderson sisters were just phenomenal. Iconic Halloween. Iconic Halloween. I'm excited for Hocus Pocus 2 to see if it can build off of this film with a bigger budget and potentially like more focus on making it a great movie instead of like a quick Halloween movie. You know, it is a great movie, um, a marvelous movie. <laughs> but overall, I think my vote is. What? You're gonna say a wine. Well, I was trying to build suspense. It's a wine. <laughs> um, but I, I do probably have to agree that it's probably the best Halloween movie that we watched in this batch. But not probably not as it's a tighter race than I was anticipating. I think Halloween Town gave this movie a little bit of a run for its money. I think it's pretty clear that Hocus Pocus is is a little bit in a tier above. It also had like a bigger budget. It was an actual blockbuster and not like a straight to TV movie, right? But I'm impressed with Halloween Town and a little bit disappointed by Hocus Pocus. Mostly because of the kids. It really comes down to the kids for me. The kids in Halloween Town were so great. I just had trouble in connecting with them in this film. I talked the movie up too much. I think that if I was much more grounded in my <laughs> intro, you would you would agree it's better. I just I might set it's the better. bar too high, and then you had to lower it down. And next time my pick, I'm gonna just I'm gonna guess that they're all Crap gonna all be milks it. in the beginning, and then it'll be like reverse psychology. No, it was good, and like I said, I, I explicitly want to call out Bette Midler was a phenomenal. She was wonderful, carried the film. The soundtrack was much better than both of the two movies that we watched. I thought the world building was pretty solid. The pacing was fantastic. World building was so good. Yeah. The pacing was sensational. Like, actually went above my expectations by a good bit. And then the special effects really held up. So, like, overall, I think, yeah, this one really holds up with age. I think, too, you were complaining in Halloween Town that there wasn't enough magic. And I thought there was a good amount of magic in this movie. Yeah, and I like how they did the magic with a little bit of that chanting that they would do, uh, especially in the opening scene when she was casting your spell i really liked it it was yeah. fun and the singing and you they also singing or chanting together i liked that and they were able to sneak comedy into it as well like when she was like you there mm-hmm. uh and like had the electricity shoot from her finger and stuff but again those special effects really surprised me with how well they hold up yeah i have like actually notes. very surprising to me she lightninged people she lightninged people she was like the emperor from star wars 
Kind of. Force lightning. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Winnie Sanderson. A Jedi. She's a Sith. Oh, a yeah. A Jedi? Oh, I guess goodness. she's a Sith. We both gave it wines. Would you recommend this movie to someone who's never seen it? Everybody. Everybody I know who's seen it or hasn't <laughs> seen it, I would say, if it's fall, you need to watch it now. And maybe sometimes in the summer when you feel sad and hot and sweaty, you can also watch this movie. Or you just want to celebrate its July release. True. Anniversary, <laughs> anniversary release. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend it to adults. I'd recommend it to children. I don't know if I would go as far. I don't know if I would like recommend this to like 30 somethings who have never seen it maybe would it's got enough nostalgia that you could probably enjoy it but absolutely without a doubt if you have kids i I call my my grandma i'd call her and say you should watch this in quarantine (laughs) you're looking for something to watch you actually think your grandma would watch this and enjoy it by herself in quarantine i will bet you ten dollars right now i will call her tomorrow i will tell her to watch it i bet she'll like it all right we will let you guys know on our social media if she liked it Or if she watches it. She is, you know, my grandma likes everything, though. That's true. You're already losing. I'm already losing. Yeah. We recommend you watch it, especially if you got kids and especially around Halloween time. It's got the nostalgia factor. It's got a great story. Got good pacing. Not too long. So you're not signing yourself up for anything that you'll probably regret. You should do it. Side note, Billy Butcherson. That's Mm -hmm. the name of her dead lover. Do you think that the boys got Butcher's name? Yeah. From this movie? They actually kind of look alike. A little bit. Yeah. I could see it. And I could see Billy Butcherson from this film swearing as much as Billy from The Boys. Yeah. Could definitely see that. He waited centuries (laughs) to tell her off and curse her out. Yeah. If he knew- The C word? If he knew the swears from today, he would have been using that instead of Trollop for sure. Oh, geez. (laughs) Okay. So that wraps up Halloween week. I'm kind of sad. I'm excited for next Halloween already, though. I am too. Actually, literally, like, watching these got me hype for the fact that next year we're going to be able to watch another batch of Halloween movies and talk about them. I have, like, four movies already that I want to do. Casper, Twitches, Don't Look Under the Bed. That's three movies. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ugh. Yeah, no. And you know what? There was something kind of fun to up about watching movies in batches and being able to kind of, like, cross-reference between them. I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. Maybe we could do an actual classic horror as well. Yeah. Like an actual scary, uh, scary. I'm not good at scary. Uh. <laughs> so you're our first. It's back to you for November. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I forgot. Um, what are we watching next? So our first movie of November, I literally picked this, decided this today, is going to be Back to the Future. I'm really pumped. I'm really, really pumped to watch it again. It's been a good amount of years. I love this movie, though. Oh, I have a really fun Back to the Future t-shirt I could maybe show everybody as well. But yeah, I love this movie, so I'm wicked pumped to watch it again, especially with like a critical eye. That's been fun for me is going back to my old favorites and like actually picking them apart a little bit instead of just enjoying them. So I'm wicked excited to do that for this film because it's got a lot of really cool things that it does. I'm excited too. This used to be like if you asked me what my favorite movie was and you had like a bunch of like icebreaker questions, I would always say Back to the Future. Yeah, actually. Love Back to the Future. You might have said that when we met. I might have told you back. Yeah. No, because it's true. It's one of my favorites. I don't know if it's like my favorite favorite, but like off the top of my head, if you asked me, I would say Back to the Future. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped. I can't looking forward to it. I'm super excited. So yeah. That marks the end of Halloween week. In the beginning of November. So we will catch you the first Monday of November with 
Back to the Future. Is it too early to want turkey? Yes. Well, no, I mean, turkey is acceptable to eat all year round. I know, I'm just hyped for Thanksgiving already. It's going to be a long, a long wait to get to Thanksgiving, but I'm already excited. I'm more excited for football. Anyway, Back to the Future. Can't wait. All right. Toodaloo. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine or Milk podcast. If you'd like to find us online, you can visit www.wineormilkpodcast.com. No, no, it's um, HTTPS colon slash slash www.wineormilkpodcast.com. Oh my God. Yes. And you can also email us at wineormilkpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to find us on Instagram, <laughs> you can find us at Wine or Milk Podcast. And if you'd like to see us on Twitter, you can find us at, at Wine or Milk. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, we would really appreciate it if you rate, reviewed, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>